I, w I was moved by the Lord to, sh to, to teach from 1 John. I've always referenced 1 John uh, all of my ministry life, but I've never ever done a, a teaching on 1 John. And I was kind of thinking it was going to be like, you know, leaning on the breast of Jesus maybe. But John was kind of, uh, he was taking names. You know, I mean, he, he was, he was he's getting on some people here. And I didn't know that. I want you to know that. I didn't plan it like that. I th thought it'd be real smooth sailing. But it's, it's been a strong um, uh, study of avoiding sin and not being involved in sin and being what Jesus purchased you to be. And uh, so uh, I think that's a good thing. And those of us who are believers, we ought not want to just play games with God. Uh, we, we, we receive this salvation uh, because of the death of God's son. And uh, so that's high priced salvation. I mean, that's big stuff. And so you, you and I must know uh, the price that God paid for us. I like to tell people that, that I'm not worried about uh, being lost. I'm saved. I don't worry about being lost. The devil can't afford me. Yeah, he can't afford me. He can't pay what God paid for me. He can't pay what God paid for you. Amen. Amen. So the, the, my message today is children, fathers, and young men. And this came because of the scriptures I'm going to read from 1 John chapter 2, beginning in verse 12. Uh, uh, John is addressing his le this letter to his flock as a loving parent. And he's giving an assessment. He's giving his assessment as to their spiritual state, their spiritual well-being. <clears throat> and I, I'd like to do the same today. So my intent would, is uh, to uh, give an assessment. I want to call you by the same wonderful names that John calls this congregation. And he starts out by, by talking about their spiritual state. <clears throat> In verse 12, he says, I write to you little children little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. So he calls them uh, technion, technion. I may be the wrong syllable, as the brother said, but, but you get the meaning, the technion. It has to do, it's a Greek word that, that speaks of infants, uh, little baby born ones, born children, little, little darlings. And so he says, I, I write to you little children or sweet darlings because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. For the cause of Jesus, your sins are forgiven. Now all of you here who are people of faith, your sins are forgiven. Amen. Amen. And those of you who came who are not of faith, your sins can be forgiven you before the day is over, before the service is over, before the church is over. He says in verse 13, I write to you fathers, parents, because you have known him who is from the beginning. And so it reminds me of Peter writing to stir up uh, the, the church's pure minds. I, I want to stir you up. I want to, to as, as, call, bring you uh, in, in remembrance of some things that God has done for you. And so he says, I write to you fathers. Why? Because you've known him who is from the beginning. And uh, I, I think we can safely say, we could say the father or the son, because I think it's speaking 
firstly about the Son, because it is through the Son that we know the Father. And he says that you have known him who is from the beginning. He says you who experienced Jesus, you knew the one, yes, Jesus from the beginning of his ministry, but Jesus from the beginning of time. You know him from Genesis. You know that one who was there, who was speaking to chaos and darkness. You know him. It's amazing, isn't it, that someone could actually know God, walk with God, touch God. John starts by saying, we, we, have, we have seen him. No, we have heard him. We heard his voice. Then we, we have seen him, and we have looked upon him, and our hands have handled. That's mind-blowing. But you and I would say, well, I wish I'd been there. That's all, don't worry. You didn't have to be there because the spirit of Jesus Christ lives in you. That's huge to me. The Spirit of God. You know, that ought to do something. Uh, you know, and you go into the world, and somebody in the, in the day, you can tell how old I am, somebody would say, Michael Jackson, go, ah! But you know, here you are, Michael Jackson can't save anybody. He just make them feel good, would make them feel good for a while. But Jesus saved you, and we're telling you that you have His Spirit living in you. All right, now. You're going to have to stop that. I mean, that doesn't affect you. I mean, you could, you, in the day, you could say to me, uh, Don Meredith, that, that's my guy. Dwayne Thomas, whoa. Calvin Hill, whoa. Michael Jordan, oh my goodness. Jesus more so. Are you with me? Never get so sophisticated that Jesus doesn't move you. He says, I write to you young men, and notice children, fathers, young men. And he does this. It's an amazing thing. He, he doesn't do this as it were talking to an individual, but it's, there's a progression here. He is saying, you have known him from the beginning. So you have the, the Lord's spirit. You have the, the, an understanding of the son and of the father. But then he says, I write to you young men. Neon iskos. Neon iskos. Neoniskos. That's just a Greek word, uh, poorly pronounced, but means somebody who is under 40, a young person, a young man, but a young person. He says, I write to you. What? Because you have overcome the wicked one. I'm writing to you because you have. And so as John talks about this to his congregation, I'm talking about it to you because those of you who have, who have been born again, who now have, have grown up, those, many of you here have been, as it were, fathers. You've been, you've been in the faith for a while. You know some things. But then others, all of us are like young men. And he says, you have overcome the wicked one. Because of who is in you, you have overcome the wicked one. There may be some of you who are still technically, as it were, babes in the Lord. But I say to you, in, in a prophetic way, because of who lives in you, you have overcome the wicked one in Christ. That's how that works for you. Then he starts again, I write to you little children, and he uses another Greek word, which means that which has grown up a bit. You're not a little baby who can't probably recognize the parents really. You don't know, these are my parents. You know, this is the person who puts the bottle in my mouth. This is the person who feeds me and changes, and, and the person who changes my diaper. But you don't really know their parents. But when you grow up, you know, oh, that's daddy. If you grew up like me, you grew up and didn't even know your daddy's first name for a long time. 
You didn't know your mother's first name. You just knew they were mama and daddy. And if somebody were to ask you, that's daddy over there, that's mama. But you didn't know their first names. But he says here, I write to you little children, the ones who have who are growing up now because you have now known the Father. You have known the Father. And he's speaking of God. He's saying those of us who have been saved, even for a few months, maybe a few years, we have now known the Father because of the work of the Son in us through the Holy Spirit. But he is... He is saying these things because there is a lot of heresy. Uh, John is addressing heresy. He, and uh, if we have time, we'll get to it because there were those who went out from the apostleship and began to do things that God had not spoken. And so that's why he starts off by saying that which we have heard. We heard it. We saw him. We looked upon him. We handled him. We are telling you what he said. Don't believe all this new knowledge. And even today, we have people with all this new knowledge. They somehow have a revelation that nobody ever had before. Don't follow them. Don't follow them. I don't care if they could call fire down from heaven. Don't follow them. It doesn't matter if they look like an angel of light. Don't follow them because Satan himself is even transformed into an angel of light. But he is a liar. John is saying, you want to follow those who, are, who have the testimony of God. And then he says in verse 14, I write to you fathers, earthly, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. What he is saying to those of you, those of you you've been through some battles. I know you've been through some battles. If you're a believer, you've been through some war, some fights, but you have won. You have overcome the wicked one. And just like you overcame him in the past, you will overcome him in the future. Come on, hallelujah, somebody. So he reiterates, his young men, he says, you've overcome him. You, and, and because you're, you're strong, why? Because the word of God abides in you. So you're not strong on your own. You're not strong because you're intellectually superior to some others. I love God. I love the word of God. I love the way he has worked things. He has worked things so that you don't have to have a superior intellect to be spiritually smart. You really don't. You can be spiritually smart by the indwelling Word of God, the indwelling Holy Spirit. You can be spiritually smart. How is your spiritual quotient? How is that your intelligence quotient? Is it good? Uh, 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 thank you. I, mean, I appreciate it. Right. Hallelujah. So he says here that you are strong because of the word of God abiding in you and by the word of God, not by, by some thoughts, not, no, no, not by even my singing, as good as it is. No, you are overcomer because of the word abiding in you. Now, 
I'm coming back to y'all later. But he says, but there are dangers. I'm just full of mercy and grace. Let me preach to y'all. He says, but there are dangers, he says. There are dangers. Even though you're strong, even though you've been overcoming, there are some, some dangers. And we see these dangers very, very pervasive today. They are very pervasive dangers today. He says, what? Do not love the world, first one. Beware of deceptions, number two. Let the truth abide in you, number three. He tells us, do not love the world. That world system, which is hostile to God, because the world system is hostile to God, do not love the world. There are many of us here today, or at least some of us today, we have not really gotten free of the world. You know that? We've not gotten free of the world. Now, everybody who knows me knows that I am a patriot. Capital P. I have no problem dying for my nation. But you, have, you don't have an obligation to your nation over your obligation to God. What's wrong? It's not nation first. It's God first. And that's not just rhetoric. Come on, saints of God. Listen here, he says, he wants us to beware of deception. So he says, don't love the world. Verse 15, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So that's what he's saying. So don't, don't, try, to, don't try to frame it so I can understand where you're, where you're coming from. The bottom line is, if you love the world more than you love God, you're not of God. That's powerful. This is, this is the litmus test, brothers and sisters. But right now, we are being pressured. The church is the prize. You know that? The church is the prize. And so the world system is, try, is desperately trying to co-opt the church. They want you. And some of us are just gullible. We're like a trout. You know, you can catch a trout without, without a minnow, without a shrimp. You get something shiny, and he'll bite it. No, let's don't be trouts, all right? I mean, if your name is Trout, you can be a trout, but otherwise. In Romans 12, 2, he says, and do not be conformed to this world or to this age. So he tells us, don't be conformed. What I'm saying is, I've heard people on television talk about what we ought to think. I've heard them say things like, the, those fundamental Christians, they're the problem. Really? We're not the ones out there killing folks? Really? We're not the one out there doing every lewd thing that you could possibly do. We're not the ones doing all those things. What do you mean we're the problem? We're not the ones hating and being hated. And listen here. So Romans 12, 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world or this age, but be transformed. Have a metamorphosis. Be transformed. How? By the... Rem- Newing of your mind. What he is saying is you need to think differently. That's what John is saying. Keep thinking those things that are pure and lovely and of good report, etc. Think those things. Think those things of God, not those things of the world. Don't let your job be your God. Don't let your position in society be your God. This is what he's saying. He said you've got to watch because the world keeps throwing shiny stuff at you. They tell you they're going to make you successful. How can they make you successful when they are terminal? The world is passing away. It's terminal. But those of us in God, we abide forever. Come on. 
It's amazing, right? And so he says that we, would be, that we should be transformed by the renewing of our minds that we would prove that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So what he says is that you and I should show beyond any shadow of doubt and, uh, that we are proof of what is good and acceptable and perfect. That means your life cannot be raggedy. Somebody said, what does that mean, raggedy? All loose at the edges. You know, looking all disheveled, look like you slept in your clothes. You know what I'm saying? You can't be all raggedy, hair not combed, not brushed, hair not shaved, whatever it is. Right? But you must show beyond a shadow of a doubt. You must be evidence of what God wants. You must be evidence of what God wants. All right? You must be evidence. That's what it means to prove. It doesn't mean you go to church. It means you're evidence. You're evidence in the workplace. You're evidence when you're in sports. You're evidence wherever you are that this is what a Christian looks like. Hallelujah, somebody. But the world wants to set the standard. They want to tell us what to believe, what is right and what is wrong. No, 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 no. When Jesus left, this is what he said to his disciples, and by extension, he says it to us. He says, do my business till I get back. So it seems to me like the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, left us in charge. He left us in charge. So we ought to set the standard. So I'm not saying be insurrectionist, but we need to tell the government officials who say, well, we're your leader. No, 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 no. No, you cannot do anything without us because the Bible says if my people, not them, but if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and they will uh, turn seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins. I will heal their land. That is incumbent upon the people of God. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Come on, somebody. So I'm talking to children, I'm talking to fathers, I'm talking to young people, strong people. That's who we are. That's who we are. That's who we are. Wow. In Galatians chapter 1, in verses 3 through 4, oops, Galatians 1, 3 through 4, says, grace to you, now listen, and peace from God the Father. Now, Paul, if Paul is either an apostle or sent one from God, or he is really what we would call audacious, nervy. He's got some gall, but, this, but it's, that's not the case. He is actually from God. And there's a, a, a line of, of, of uh, succession that those of us who are of faith now, the, he was one of our fathers right? And so, so now we're in that line. We're saying the same things he said. We're preaching the same things he preached. So we are his offspring. That's why we know he was one of our fathers, because we're saying the same things. And what is going on in the whole world today, there are men who have grabbed power, and they are, they are trying to take us back. You know what they're doing? They're trying to do the works of their fathers, those satanic fathers, those wicked people. And some of us are complicit but you won't be after today. Amen. Listen to what he says. Grace to you and peace from God, the Father, and our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil age. That he might deliver every one of you who is saved, who is born again, has been delivered from this present evil age. You have been delivered from his influence on you. Yes, you have. Wow. 
So to be saved is to be delivered. Yes. So don't, don't say, well, there's somebody has got a deliverance ministry. I'm going to go over and get the devil cast out of me. We went through that junk in the 70s. Yes. I'm going to go get the devil cast out of me so I can be all right. Well, how do we know that guy doesn't have the devil in him? If, if, if believers can have the devil, maybe everybody's got one. Huh? Maybe two or three, huh? Absolutely, but we don't have enough. It's not true because we have been delivered from this present evil age. And everyone outside Christ is under the sway of the wicked one. Wow. Wow. Now listen, he says, Jesus delivered us from this present evil age according to the will of God, of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So Jesus did that according to the will of God. So this is, this is great news for the church. That means you're not just like your neighbors. You're not uh, ordinary, just I'm just a mere person. Well, I'm just like, no, you're not. You're saved. Now you're covered with the blood of Jesus Christ. Come on, you've been, you're God's precious possession. Yes, you have more power than you ever, have ever used. Yes, you have authority over sickness and disease, over demons, over nature. That's who you are. Yeah, that's who you are. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24 says, No one can serve two masters. No one. No one. If you're someone, you also fit the no one. Right? No one can serve two masters. No one can serve two masters. Well, I wonder what Jesus is talking about. Let's see what he's saying. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And this is what he means. You cannot serve God and put confidence in wealth. Your trust, your confidence, your faith is in the money you make. He says that in that case, you have deified it. You have deified it. Matthew 6, 24. You have deified it. Now, let me go to verse 16, and we're going to try to find an exit. You all know what exit means? All right. How many of you believe I can find an exit? Come on, all over. All over. Oh, they don't believe it over there. <laughs> Verse 16. For all that is in the world, and this is what you need to know. For all that is in the world. How much is in the world? All. all. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. So he says, don't love that because it's not of the Father. Wow. Well, this is big. I hope this challenges somebody. I hope we, we get better as a result of it. I am a kingdom person. I want to see the kingdom of God advancing. I want to see the, the knowledge of the glory of, of the Lord covering the whole earth as the waters cover the sea. I want to see Christ-centeredness in every village, hamlet, city, town, and nation in the world. Amen. Amen. So he says to us, now listen, for all that is it, don't love the world, for all that is in the world, these things, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, that means things that your body craves. You just do it. If your body craves it, you do it. You don't care what God says. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Can we be straight up? You fornicate. God said, sit in church, fornicate. I don't care what it's lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, everything you see you want. Ooh, man. You know, do we have to rate charge you or something? I hope that's not too bad. Need this, you know what I'm saying? You need, need, need dark glasses so dark that you can't see out of or something? 
You know what I'm saying? You know, you know, you are the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. You can't be doing that. No, I, what I see, I want. You know, whether it's a person, whether it's a car, a house, a boat, everything you see, you want. Wow. The pride of life. Well, I've got a bigger house than you. Man, I, I drive a better car. and wear better clothes. And I'm going to get me those uh, $300 sunglasses next. Oh, oh man, they got a $500 uh, T-shirt, you know, name brand. I'm going to buy that one too. Watch. You know? oh, I'm going to get the best tennis shoes. I'm going to get the best boots. You know, that's of the world, he says. And what he's saying to us is, and the world is passing away. The you're grabbing at the stuff that's passing away and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. What he's showing us is the world has a false outlook, which is seen in what it deems important. So all this stuff that you can see, you can touch, you can feel, it is passing away. You and I have been called to something greater. I said that was the last verse, but I must read this one. Ecclesiastes 5, 10, and 11. This is the last one. He who loves silver will not be satisfied with silver, nor he who loves abundance with increase. This is also vanity. When goods increase, they increase who eat them. So what profit have the owners except to see them with their eyes? Ecclesiastes 5, 10, and 11. Wow. Wow, I wish I had more time. But I bless you in the name of Jesus. I want to thank you. I want to thank you. You know, as a believer, your salvation is not in doubt if you are a believer. If you have been born again, your salvation is not in doubt. It's not uncertain. But your usefulness can be in question. How useful are you? How useful are you to the, in the things of God? How have you grown? Are you still where you were a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago? Have you grown in the Lord? Have you, have you denied yourself so that God will be glorified? Have you denied yourself? Have you practiced self-denial? Have you given up your rights so that God would receive glory? You know what I'm saying? You know, sometimes you have a right to some things, but you say, no, I'm going to practice abnegation. I'm going to deny myself that right. I'm going to deny myself that, that privilege for the glory of God. So if, you're, if you heard this message and, and you were convicted today, you came in the house and you were, you were not saved, I want you to, to know that God wants to do something for you. If, if, if there's a tug on your heart, if there was a tug on your heart and you say, man, I, I need, I need Jesus in my life. There, there's a tug on your heart. That was the Holy Spirit. And, and if, 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 if you will yield to the Holy Spirit, He will bless you. He will, he will lead you. The Scripture says that, that Jesus dispatched the Holy Spirit when He got to the throne of God. And, and so the Holy Spirit has been in the world for 2,000 years. And that means that wherever you are, you can be in this church service. You can be a, a mechanic under a car. You can be uh, walking on the side of the road. And you can say, oh God, and the Holy Spirit is right there to save you. Yeah, come into your heart. So if you're here today and you said, I've been convicted by 
by my life, I want to give my heart to Jesus. Would you just raise your hand and leave it up until I see it? I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you from here. Just, I'm not going to make you come up. I see your hand, sir. Is there another one? Is there another one? Yes, sir, I see your hand. Is there another one? Yes, I see yours and, and yours. Yeah. May, may we do this? And we'll, be a, we'll, 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 we'll just do this. Let's do this. Let me pray for you right now. Those of you, uh, just raise your hand again. I'm closing my eyes. I just want to pray for you. Father God, you, saw, you see the hand that's raised. You see the hand uh, all over this building that are raised now. Go ahead, raise your hands back up, everybody who had the hand up. So, Lord, I pray that you would forgive their sin and heal them. I pray that you would heal them spiritually and that they would walk with you and, and they would walk with you in righteousness and true holiness all the days of their lives and that they will remember this first day of September 2019, that, that they will say, I gave myself to Jesus. And if they are doing it for the second time, say, I gave myself anew to Jesus. I thank you, Father, for hearing them and seeing their hands and, and entering their hearts in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, there's one more thing I must do. There, if, if you are here and you are, you're born again, you're saved and walking with Jesus, but you know you need a little bit more pep in your step. You need to do a better job of that. You need to be living proof of who Jesus is and what he has done. You need to be that. You need God to take control of your mouth and your mind, your thinking. You say, that's me, Pastor. I want to be even better than I am. I want to walk better than I do. I want you to raise your hand and stand to your feet and say, Jesus, come into my heart again in a greater dimension. Move in my heart. Make me better than I was yesterday. Make me better than I was this morning. I want to be that city on a hill that cannot be hidden. I want to be proof of your victory every day. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 And you, you can have it in Jesus' name. Amen.